Good morning, I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and this is Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. It's day 316, and we come to Joshua 16. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love and for your faithfulness. Thank you for the gift of your word and for the gift of time to be in your word each day. Please write your word on our hearts during our time together this morning. Help us to grow in knowledge and understanding and love for you and love for your people and your world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joshua 16. The allotment of the people of Joseph went from the Jordan by Jericho, east of the waters of Jericho, into the wilderness, going up from Jericho into the hill country to Bethel, then going from Bethel to Luz, it passes along Adaroth, the territory of the Archites. Then it goes down westward to the territory of the Japhletites, as far as the territory of Lower Beth Horon, then to Gezer, and it ends at the sea. The people of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim received their inheritance. The territory of the people of Ephraim by their clans was as follows. The boundary of the inheritance on the east was Adaroth Adar, as far as Upper Beth Horon, and the boundary goes from there to the sea. On the north is Mikmethath, then on the east the boundary turns toward Tanath Shiloh and passes along beyond it to the east of Genoa. Then it goes down from Genoa to Adaroth and to Nera, and touches Jericho, ending at the Jordan. From Tapua, the boundary goes westward to the brook Cana and ends at the sea. Such is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Ephraim by their clans, together with the towns that were set apart for the people of Ephraim within the inheritance of the Manassites, all those towns with their villages. However, they did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites have lived in the midst of Ephraim to this day, but have been made to do forced labor. So we've got a fairly short chapter today, and it really is focused on the, the tribes of Joshua, the two sons of Joshua were Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh the firstborn, Ephraim the secondborn, but when they were blessed by Jacob, Ephraim was given the right uh, of the firstborn, the greater blessing. And so um, let's just take a look at the map again. Um, that will give us, uh, oops, wrong thing to turn on. Um, you see Ephraim there, and you see West Manasseh and East Manasseh. Okay, and you see um, that it does extend all the way to the sea from, from Dor all the way down almost to Joppa. Okay, and then you can see several of the places that were mentioned um, in, the, in the text that are there. It's the east side of the Jordan is actually owned by Gad. And so there's you go up to the Sea of Galilee to get to East Manasseh, and then down to Gilead, and then to Bashan, and then all the way up here to Mount Hermon, which is pretty much the northern extremity of the land of Israel. So it's a, it's a good inheritance. Um, and one of the things that's interesting to note is that even though Ephraim is given 
the firstborn right from from Jacob. And even though the northern kingdom was known as Ephraim, that was one of the names by which the northern kingdom of Israel, after Solomon and his son Rehoboam, Rehoboam's folly, and Jeroboam becomes king of the northern ten tribes, it happens. Uh, the northern kingdom becomes known as Ephraim. Manasseh has a much larger territory. But one of the things about Manasseh's territory is this east side. There's desert here, and there's also a lot of raiders that would come in from uh, Syria and Assyria and um, from the Arabic desert. Um, and then so, and then Ephraim has a, a very good land. It's not as large, but it's very good land in terms of fertile farmland. But what West Manasseh is as well. They both have a good allotment of land. So what can we learn from this passage? Um, well, a couple of things we've already talked about. One is contentment, right? You could imagine Ephraim saying, well, you know, we were given the right of the firstborn from Jacob. He crossed his hands to put the right hand on the head of Ephraim, and he named Ephraim first, and he gave the right of the firstborn and the blessing to Ephraim. Therefore, obviously, Ephraim should have the larger land and the better land. And look at you guys in Manasseh. you got like four times as much land as we do. That's not fair, right? Uh, another, another thing with the whole idea of contentment is that rivers were used as natural boundaries and that makes sense rivers have always made natural geographic boundaries to separate different tribes or different nations but one of the things that does is you can always look across the river and see things on the other side of the river and imagine that they're so much better than they are on your side of the river right you're and you would also meet the person from the other tribe at the river where you could potentially have conflicts as well so there needs to be a contentment and there needs to be a gratitude that would say we can come together, we can share water out of this river, we cannot be holding a grudge against each other, we cannot be looking across the river into our neighbor's territory and saying how much better it is than ours and how we could just cross this river and take that from them and all those kinds of things. Um, so that's important. And one other thing that's important is the last verse of chapter 16 that talks about how they did not drive out the Canaanites uh, who lived in Gezer. So they had Canaanites in their midst, and they did not finish the job of conquering the land. Instead, what God had told them to conquer and drive out, they used for their own selfish ends. They had them live in the midst of Ephraim and to do forced labor. That's not what God wanted. Now, the people of Gilead kind of tricked Joshua into making that arrangement with them, but that was not what God wanted. God wanted them to take the land and to subdue the land and to expel the Canaanites. So they're disobeying God and they're taking that which God tells them to do one thing with and they're doing something else in part because it, it better suits their desires. I mean, obviously they had subjugated these Canaanites and Gezer because they're doing forced labor, which means they could have driven them out of the land entirely, but they didn't. And they didn't because they had their own agenda. So that's something that we can think about. Where are areas in our life where God has told us to do something and we're able to do it? It's not that it's beyond our ability to do it, but we choose not to do it because we have a different idea. We have a what we think is a better plan. And that brings us back to one of the very foundational principles of this whole thing, which is whose land is this anyway? It's being drawn out by allotment 
It's being given by lot. The territories are being drawn and the people are being assigned and they are receiving their inheritance. But whose land is it? It's the Lord's. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the all the world and the people who dwell in it. So we need to see that whenever we get into a situation of grumbling, ingratitude, coveting, envying, or taking that which God has given us and he's commanded us to do one thing, like he said, give the first 10% in a tithe to the local church, right? Or give me one day out of seven as the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's day. And we say, ah, you know, I can do that. I, I could, you know, I could give 10% of my income to this, but you know, I really want to go on a vacation or I really want to buy this RV or I really want to do this timeshare thing or I really want to, you know, pay for X, Y, or Z, or I'll give, I'll give 5% here and then I'll put 5% over here. Like I'll have my own idea that I think is better than the idea that God has, or I'll grumble and complain that what I have isn't enough. I can't give 10% because I don't make enough. But if I made, if I made, you know, $20,000 a year more, then I would give 10%, right? Or I can't possibly give one day out of seven to the Lord as a Christian Sabbath and receive the gift of rest and worship because you know, life is hard and I have to work. I have to earn that extra money to pay for those extra things that I want. Or, you know, it's what's the big deal? And it's just a hang up. You know, we come up with all these excuses and what's the root of it? What's the root of it? What's the heart of it? So, so oftentimes in the Christian life, we avoid these digging down deep questions. What's the root of it? We forget that everything and everyone belongs to God. All of our life, belongs to God. Every moment of every day belongs to God. Every dollar in our bank account belongs to God. Every object in our house belongs to God. And it's given to us as an inheritance and a trust. And we should be thankful because we don't deserve it. We shouldn't be envying and coveting what somebody else has because God gave that to them. He didn't give it to us and he's wise and he knows what he's doing. And we should follow his instructions with what we've been given because He's wise and loving and he knows what he's doing. So it really comes down to this root issue, which is simple, but not easy. You know, there's a difference between simple and easy. Simple is something that's clear, it's singular, but easy means it's, you know, not difficult to do. It's simple, but not easy. And the simple truth is we just need to believe Psalm 24, verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the people and the, the earth and those who dwell therein, the world and those who dwell therein. I butchered it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. The whole world, everything in it and everyone on it, belongs to God. And if it's his, he can do what he wants with it. We should be thankful that he ever gives us any of it, and we should take what he gives us and use it in accordance with his will. Jesus did that perfectly. Jesus was the king of the whole world. He had made it all. Everything was made through him. And yet what Satan came to him and said, turn the stone into bread, satisfy your appetite. Satan came to him and said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. Just bow down and worship me. He said, no. He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He said, you shall not worship anyone but the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He trusted God. He held fast to the word of God. He fulfilled perfectly what we're all called to do, which is to remember that we belong to God and not to ourselves. Let's pray.
Father, give us that heart and mindset. It is so simple, and yet it's so hard for us. It's not easy because we're sinful and selfish, and the world never stops lying to us and telling us how we deserve this or that, or we should always look out for number one or whatever other lie the world is peddling this week. Help us to turn a deaf ear to the world's lies and an open ear and a tender heart to your commands and to your truth. We thank you for giving us the things that you've given us, and we ask you to help us be more faithful. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for Joshua 16. Have a blessed day in the Lord.